the other person can have with your red mark or scratch. Hey there, good afternoon everybody. This is David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solver. Thanks so much for joining me today live on Facebook. Every single week I have amazing people coming on The Problem Solver Show to discuss problems, to discuss what's going on in Las Vegas, discuss what's going on in the world. Um, I am a retired police officer of 17 years basically helping people solve problems, uh, whatever type of problem that they have. I try to come up with some different resources. I try to basically refer them to the right people that help people. I have a team of lawyers that basically, God forbid, it's a legal need, like an accident, injury, arrested. God forbid there's a, any type of issue whatsoever. I am the problem solver, and I'm here to help. Uh, this week, basically on the show, uh, I have a lovely guest here to my left, who is Sonia Mayu. Yes. Sonia, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me here. So Sonia is, is very special because, you know, I've been doing this for about a year now, the Problem Solver Show. We have different people that come on the show talking about problems, how they solve problems. But you're, you're a little bit different in regards to that you are what I would call like a TikTok sensation because you actually have, according to the numbers here, 12.9 million followers that follow you every single day. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of people because I think I got like 10 people following me plus the engineer here, which is Travis. He follows me. And not that he likes to follow me, but he's following me. And long story short... You have a lot of followers. Now, I'm mm-hmm. new to TikTok and, you know, what's going on in general. I'm trying to, you know, Facebook, Instagram, every day, like, do I do this? Do I do that? You know, for the problem solve, because I'm trying to help people and solve problems. And when I noticed, I know that we have a friend in common, basically, that he introduced us. I was like, wow, this would be amazing to have you on the show to talk about TikTok. Because even when I posted the other day about you coming on the show, people were like, oh, what does it make a difference that she has 13 million followers? But mm-hmm. we're in a new world today in regards to social media. So I wanted to bring in the show and find out more about you. So again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. So tell me, Sonia, give me a little bit of background for people like, you know, I posted the other day, people like, you know, didn't know who you are, mm-hmm. but there's 12.9 million people that know who you are. And I know it's a little bit different because you have more of a following of people that are more, that speak Spanish. Yes, Latin American. More Latin Hispanic. American, Hispanic. Yes. Is it also Japanese, which we'll, I know we'll get into? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all so Hispanics. It's all Hispanic that basically yes. w- that are following you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just go back to Sonia. Tell me about Sonia, where you're from, family. Tell us about the roots, if you don't mind. Well, I'm from Mexico, but I'm half Japanese, half Mexican. So okay. that's why I look Asian. But I grew up in Mexico. So I do um, consider myself more Mexican than Japanese. Okay. But I've been living in the U.S. for 10 years now. So kind of American, too. <laughs> So you've been in the U.S. for 10 years, Mm -hmm. and then basically before you lived in Mexico. Yes. Did you ever live in Japan? Um, No, just visit family. I have family family. in Japan, yes. So I speak Japanese, and basically that's pretty much what I do on my social media, just share a little bit of my culture, uh, Japanese, and yeah. So basically, again, your mom is... My mom is Japanese, my dad is Mexican. I'm Mexican. And basically... um, it's kind of interesting. So I think you mentioned to me when we first met. Tell me how that worked where basically your mom is Japanese, your dad's... Uh-huh. In, how they meet, if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> well, my you dad, went to Mexico at the end. Yeah, well, my dad loved Japan and the culture. He started Japanese. He ended up in Japan. And that's how he met my mom over there. Then he came back to Mexico. My mom came to Mexico to follow him. They got married. And then me and my sister were born in Mexico. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, we could have been doing this podcast in Japan... You know, basically, uh, that would if, be nice. <laughs> basically, uh, if basically your, your mom was like, "Hey, we got to go back to Japan," right? Yeah, 
yeah. Do you have a lot of, do you, so how much family do you have in Mexico now? What do you mean how much? Like, I mean, all, all the, the side of my dad's, this, my dad's side of my family is in Mexico. My mom's side of Got it. my family is in Japan. So you have a lot of family um, in Mexico and a lot of family in Japan? Well, my family in Japan is small because in Japan, families are usually just small. Small? Yeah. Okay. And then your dad's side's much larger? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So how many, I'm just, I'm just wondering, is it like a large family in Mexico? Is like, do you have like 10, 15 people? Like it, for me in Vegas, uh-huh. I have one cousin, which I hardly see. Oh, okay. Because I don't really have people here. My parents just moved here. But mm, Well, in Mexico, families are usually large. So like you have family everywhere. So if yeah, you go back to Mexico, like you we, could have like 25 people that are family there. Yeah. Every time if I go for Christmas to Mexico, the house is packed. I have to bring like suitcases of gifts because we're a lot of people people. yeah i don't have i just have one sibling but like cousins uncles whatever it's just a big family that's cool that's awesome Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun right if you go back to mexico and yeah um, what part of mexico are they from mexico city okay so large city no it's nice we have a large family and then if you go to japan it's smaller yeah how many people are there (laughs) like four four people (laughs) yeah so you have to travel lightly when you go back to japan yeah pretty much that's awesome you know, it's great to, you know, the, the great thing about you, I think, is, and I, I, I was kind of binge watching, you know, you on TikTok to see some different videos. Mm-hmm. I think the whole culture that, you know, you're definitely more of a rare breed, basically, <laughs> that basically of Japanese and Mexican, right? Like my side's German, Hungarian, and Czech, but it's like mm-hmm. Eastern European, right? And actually, it's interesting because one side of the family spoke German, one side spoke Hungarian, but it's not Japanese and, you know, you know, Spanish. It's not, you yeah. know, it's, it's really very much extreme, you know, which is cool. And I think that's why people take a liking to you in general. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't know at the beginning when I started making videos, I was like, uh, sure, I'll teach Japanese, but I don't think it was interesting at all because I grew up with that. I grew up with my mom speaking to me in Japanese, with my dad speaking to me in Spanish. I didn't think it was a big deal until I posted it and everybody went crazy over it. And I was like, why is this so interesting? So tell us, how many, so when did you start doing the videos? Um, like two years and a half, 2.5 years Okay, ago. so two and a half years ago, you decided TikTok's new, I guess. You decided, uh-huh. like, like, what were you thinking in regards to TikTok? Like? I was just bored, and I found this app that I've never heard of before. None of my friends did it. And I, I'm, I'm usually very shy, so I didn't want people that I knew watching me. And I was like, oh, t- TikTok, nobody knows about it. Perfect. I want okay. to make content. I, I just want to have fun. I want to make the audios, uh, make random people laugh and I started there I just did it for fun okay, I awesome. never had a goal to make it a job or make anything out of it you're just doing fun to have some fun <laughs> laugh around pretty much people wouldn't know you in this particular uh, social plat- media platform mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you could have fun and so when you did like your what was like your first I didn't go back that far what was yeah. like your first video it was just like a song from Maluma okay. I don't know if he's like reggaeton he's okay. very famous so when you did the first videos like what were you feeling were you feeling like that people were starting to follow you? Like, when did you feel that, okay, like, people, like, this, well, I guess you were saying this is fun, uh-huh. and then you started doing more of it. Like, when did you start getting more followers? When I started uh, sharing more about my culture, not just making audios. Because before it was TikTok, TikTok was Musical.ly. And Musical.ly was an app where you just uh, did lip sync, right? Like, you just pretended to sing, you just pretended to say certain things, but you didn't have your own voice. Okay. So, um... When TikTok transitioned from Musical.ly to, I mean, for when Musical.ly became TikTok, they started to want to change it to be the platform everybody went to. Okay. And I was lucky enough that a manager from TikTok like saw me. She's from Venezuela, and she was like, "Hey, I like your content, but can you please start making like more 
unique videos, not just use people's audios. And I was like, sure. But again, I repeat, I was very shy. I'm still very shy. So for me, that was torture. I was like, you're telling me to talk to a camera when I can barely talk to a person. But then I started, okay, well, what can I do? I'll just teach Japanese. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about my culture. That's something I can do. It's easy for me. And that's when people started noticing me even more. So you, start to, you basically started talking about your culture because it was so different being Mexican and Japanese, right? Yes. And who was this person that told you that you should change it up a little bit? She worked on TikTok, so she was trying to make... She was in, in the team with TikTok. They were, I mean, TikTok was a baby. Okay. So she was just trying to figure out how to get creators to impulse this platform. And for some reason, she found me, which was, I feel like it was pure luck. Okay. Um... And she wanted me to be part of her team to impulse this platform. And she was always like, create this, create that. Um, and during this time, nobody knew TikTok, right? So it was brand new. Yeah. But I was like, sure, I have fun with it. Why not? And I kept going and I So kept basically growing. someone kind of like mentored you, say, hey, I thought mm -hmm. it'd be more creative. Yeah. Basically, if you start like talking about your culture and your differences and stuff like that, it would be mm -hmm. more engaging. She didn't tell me what to do. She just needed me to make original content. She's like, I can have you and support you and guide you on how to succeed in this platform, but I need you to make unique content. Got it. And I was like, well, because at first I would, uh, I used to go to the gym a lot and I used to post a lot of workouts mm -hmm. before. And she was like, can you like post workouts on TikTok? And I was like, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't have time for that. Like, I don't, I don't want to. But I was like, okay, what else could I do? And I came up with just teaching about my culture. So the bottom line is, do you feel that you're making fun of the culture or you're just educating? Like, do you, because you're trying to be entertaining. Like, I watch a bunch of videos today. Yeah. It seems like you're being entertaining. You're mm -hmm. having fun. Um, people like you. You get to know your personality. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, like, uh, you were talking about, like, uh, the Japanese. So it was your birthday yesterday, right? Happy birthday. Mm, thank you. <laughs> thank so um, long story short, I saw you were doing a birthday thing. And you were saying, like, in Japan, yeah. they sing in English, where in Mexico they sing this, like, mm -hmm. Mexican song, right? Spanish yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. So you basically were talking about it. So I guess it's interesting to people because I was interested. I was watching. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking to myself, wow, why in Japan are they singing in English? Yeah. I mean, usually because they don't really have that celebrate celebrating culture. Like even for Christmas, they don't celebrate Christmas. So it's really weird to get together with your family. At least in Mexico, it's very common to get together with your family. For Christmas time. Because they're Catholic Christian. So mm -hmm. it's part of the um, religion, right? Mm-hmm. But in Japan, they're Buddhists, Shintoists, so Christmas is not a thing. And it's the same as like, what do you do for Christmas? We buy a little cake. Okay, Merry Christmas, and you're done. So there's no real Christmas in... Not really. It's actually a day to celebrate with your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's like Valentine's Day, but for winter. Interesting. Any Hanukkah there? I'm Jewish. No Hanukkah? No. <laughs> I was hoping maybe I have an excuse to go I'm to pretty Japan. sure there's Jewish people in Japan, but it's not a thing because there's not a lot of people. Actually, I did go to Japan. Uh -huh. um, I did go for about a week with my nephew. We did go to a Jewish temple that was nearby. It was actually near a hospital, I remember, somehow. Mm -hmm. But um, it, was, it was beautiful. You know, We actually went to the Disney World Oh, nice. Um, in Japan. Not that I knew where I was going, but... Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting, the different foods that were there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't have that much time. There was a lot of lines in general, but there was, it was unusual food. I, I think I remember seeing like green, like popcorn or something. There was like a, a purple popcorn. I don't know, something different. I've never been to Disney oh, Japan. Yeah? No. It seemed, I definitely I'm like, like to I'm go already back. here in the US. Why would I want to go to Disney I Japan? I mean, it seems cool for the fact that you're at Disney in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I you guess know? so. Yeah. We went for a little bit, but um, we didn't have that much time. But 
But anyway, it's great that you basically have these different cultures because you basically have different experiences and you share, mm. you educate in general. So in your eyes right now, you've been doing it for two and a half years. You have 12.9 million followers. It says he has 733,000 likes in general. Um, I guess my question is, where do you feel? We're going to, in a minute, we'll watch some of the different videos. And you can kind of explain what you're doing. Everything really is in Spanish because mm -hmm. you have Spanish followers. I guess my question is, in your eyes, is it just right now just about having fun and just talking and educating and making people laugh? Like, in your, in your belly, in your, in your gut, like, how do you feel about doing these TikTok videos? I think if it's changed, at the beginning, yes, I did it for fun. I was like, this is a fun app. And when it was transitioning to become my job, I was like, amazing, you know? It's like, I already have fun here, and now it's going to be a job because they're going to pay me. But now it's becoming of how do I stay relevant? The day I am not relevant anymore, I'm going to lose this job, you know? So now it's there's a pressure. Got it, got it. I'm like, okay, I need to stay relevant. What is happening right now on TikTok? What is on my For You page? Where are people liking? What songs? Where are the trends? You know, I'm more like, okay, what's it's, next, you it's, know? It's funny because I always say, like, um, I worked at a law firm for about seven years. Like, you're only good as your last case that you bring in. Like, if you bring in a case, mm -hmm. like, a oh, great job. Like, you're only good as your last post these days on yeah, social media, right? exactly. And I always laugh because every day... Like last night was the first night and uh, Travis the engineer, he was, I was like texting him and emailing him. I'm like, I have like YouTube up. I have Instagram up. I got like these two Instagram accounts. I'm like, I'm not sure what Travis is going to say about this, but somehow I have an old account. I got a new account. I got all these different like screen names. I'm like, I feel like I got to write it all out. And I got all this stuff going on. I'm like, what am I supposed to do next? Do I post here? Do I do a video? Should I be in my underwear like dancing around? Yeah. Like, you know, do I... So, I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, you always got to keep thinking of, like, what's relevant, right? Like, yes. right now we're going into Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you post about, like, Thanksgiving or it's Veterans Day? Like, you always got to stay with the times. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because even myself, right, as being the problem solver, I want people to call me when they have problems. I'm also trying to, like, leave public, serv public service announcements now. You know, like, hey, it's Chris Christmas time. Like, in Vegas right now, there's been a lot of accidents recently, actually. As I was coming here, there was, like, 15 police cars driving. Who knows what's going on? Uh, up by Cheyenne and um, 95, mm -hmm. something major was going on. I mean, 15 police cars were going. I was a cop for 17 years. Yeah. There's no reason for 15 cop cars unless it's like an active shooter or something. Happened about 30 minutes ago. Um, oh, I don't know right. what's going on. But the bottom line is, is that it's a weird time right now in Vegas. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, there's been a lot of accidents, a lot of uh, DUIs, a lot of death that's been taking place yeah, for driving. Yeah, I mean, we just came out of quarantine, so it kind of makes sense, no? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, it's a crazy time right now. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a really weird time. I thought people thought with Trump that it was it was a different time, but it seems even crazier now. Gas prices, everything's like kind of like wild. And now you got, you're going into the holidays, right? Yeah. And then they're saying there won't be enough gifts basically in stores, right? Something's oh, going shit. on. But long story short, I'm basically trying to post different things, you know, in general. Yeah. So I can understand. So now you have pressure. Before it was kind of fun. Now you're like, wow, I'm going to be gone. Like like these celebrities, right? Like some celebrities, like, um, mm -hmm. I, it comes to mind because I always like Karate Kid. Like Ralph Macchio, like he did Karate Kid like part one, part two, and then like he wasn't in any other movies. Yeah. How do you stay relevant? And then sometimes they call, well, you, I feel they call, you get screened out. Like everybody knows him from Karate Kid. Like he couldn't be like in another movie because <laughs> yeah. everybody knows him as a Karate Kid. Yeah. But I, I understand the pressure. Like you're constantly trying to stay relevant and coming mm -hmm. up to different stuff. I saw there was an app the other day. I actually downloaded it. And where basically it talks about, it shows like what's relevant that what, what people are doing. Mm. You know, um, I forgot what it's <laughs> called here in general. But it was called Trend Talk. And mm -hmm. basically, I didn't even get a chance. I mean, I downloaded it, but I didn't really go to it. I guess it talks about, like, what people are talking about and basically what they're doing or what songs. Interesting. You know, so so basically, at this point in time, so it, this is like your full-time, even though you, I hate saying this because I know at heart you really enjoy doing this, mm -hmm. but basically it is a full-time job now for you. It is. So you're constantly thinking about what to post, what to do. 
Yes. How to dress, how to play, role How play. to dress for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I, it wasn't for TikTok, I'd probably be wearing sweatpants all day. And, you know, because I used to live at the gym, so I didn't really care how I looked. I didn't have nails, you know? Like, a lot has changed because I'm more conscious about, like, for example, if I'm picking up something, people see my hands. So I'm like, okay, it's, it has to look good. So I put nails on. Got it. I put rings. I put jewelry. Whatever. It's actually funny. So <coughs> it's actually funny. So on one of the posts I did saying that you were coming on the show, I said we have this new, you know, TikTok, you know, uh, person that basically is very well known. Mm -hmm. And the person's like, I don't know her, you know. I'm like, well, 13 people know her, you know. You mm -hmm. may not know her. And um, it was funny because what I wrote was, I don't think the comments here. Basically, what it, one of the comments was saying that in 2021, 2022, basically social influencing or basically marketing, whether you have a dry cleaner or you have a law firm, like. People are on TikTok, right? People mm -hmm. are trying to engage people. And it feels like you only have three seconds to get the next three seconds to get the next three seconds. Like if you don't engage people, right? It's like, psh, psh, like we're, it's kind of like a drug. I mean, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's sw uh, basically um, swiping away for the next engagement, you know, that you have yeah. in social media. So if you're not going to be funny, you're not going to be interesting, or you don't look good or cute or whatever it may be, or you're not giving a good message, yeah. they just swipe and they, they try to find that. It's kind of a drug, right? It's, I mean, mm -hmm. basically, they're looking for either entertainment value or educational value. Like, everything is big right now with Bitcoin, right? Everyone wants to know about Bitcoin, you know? Yeah. So that's engaging, right? That's educational. Where they're making money from doing it. Yeah. So I guess my question really comes down to is, at this point in time, it's a job. So tell me how that works, basically, in your life. Every day you're waking up, mm -hmm. are, do, you, do you actually have, like, a board of different ideas? Do you write things down? I, I have on my phone ideas, yes. And sometimes I save videos <coughs> if I use for inspiration. Um, but yeah, I do have a list of things I want to do. I go through different apps. So I make sure I post on Instagram. I post on TikTok. And now I'm trying to post on YouTube. Um, so yeah, it's just I plan probably the night before what I'm going to post the next day. Um, yeah. So here's a quick, I know we have a few different videos. Mm -hmm. um, you know what's funny? I, I was watching this morning. I want to tell a funny story to you because I saw this B one. Mm. If you don't mind, let's play the the B video that you have. I know we. I asked um, Sonia basically to show different few videos. This one we see here, and we can talk while that's being played because people. Well, Hoy vine a Altura de Abejas con mi querida amiga Natalie Que tiene una compañía turística aquí en Jardín Colombia Se llama Travesía Colonial, si es que la quieren ir a seguir Primero que nada nos pusimos un traje amarillo Y unas botitas para poder visitar a las abejas Eso sí me dijeron que antes de visitarlas Les tenemos que poner un poquito de humo Para que se pongan en modo emergencia y piensen que algo se está quemando Así van a consumir su propia miel Y les crece la pancita Cuando les crece la pancita esconden su aguijón Y así prevenimos que nos piquen como este señor Que las puede agarrar con sus propias manos Pero bueno, nos enseñaron aquí la importancia de las abejas Obviamente ellas producen muchísima miel Aparte crean sus propios panales con cera, así que también producen cera y también producen esta cosita negra que se llama propolo, que es demasiado importante ya que tiene muchos beneficios medicinales. Sirve para las enfermedades respiratorias, la gripa, la tos, la tuberculosis. Otra cosa más que tenemos gracias a las abejas es el polen. Esta es su propia comidita, pero nosotros también la podemos consumir. La neta está súper delicioso. Esta fue la primera vez que lo probé y oh my god, está muy bueno. Después me enseñaron varios panales que ellos han rescatado. Obviamente a estas ya no les quitan nada, su mielecita suponen ellas se las quedan, las dejan reproducirse y vivir en paz para cuidarlas. Y mantenerlas, preservarlas Parece como una bola de tamarindo claro. Pero bueno, lo más importante de este tour Es saber que nuestras abejitas nos mantienen vivos Literal, porque polinizan nuestras plantas Y gracias a ellos tenemos frutas, verduras Y como ya sabemos, algunas medicinas y miel Sin ellas, literal, nuestro mundo acabaría En menos de cuatro años, o al menos esto es lo que me dijo Don Javier, así que cuidamos nuestras abejitas Aunque nos den un poquito de miedo, pero son demasiado importantes So that's a lot of Spanish B-talk 
Um, <laughs> Travis, our engineer, he's fluent in Spanish, so he's going to translate everything C. you said. Yes, sir. Bees. <laughs> Tell me about bees. So where was that in Colombia? It was in Colombia. Yes. So long story short, by the way, you were eating something there of bees. Was that was that bees eggs? What was that? Bee? Were you eating something of bees? Uh. Was that honey? Pollen. Um, pollen. That was the pollen? Po- pollen. Pollen? It's pollen. called pollen in English. Yeah, pollen. <laughs> but is that the actual, I don't even know, pollen is the... So what they get from the flowers, they pick it up. That's, That's right. their food. That's but their food, right? But they collect it. And but you can eat it. It's oh, you sweet. Too? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Do they yeah. sell pollen at a local store? They don't really focus on we that. We should be making Sonia uh, Mayu pollen that we could sell in Las Vegas. No, because that video is about taking care of bees because we depend on them to survive. But how come That's you, the how message. Come you, how come you just were testing, you were eating it just to see because what it Because they like? have one family of bees where they pull out honey and po- pollen. Pollen? For their own sake. They don't really okay. sell it. Okay, that's right? interesting. And they have 14 to 16 um, hives, okay. families, whatever, just to take care of them so that they can reproduce, produce their own honey, honey and everything. Did that place, I got, I'm assuming you made honey and sold honey there? It was, like a, it was basically a bee place? That no, was, it's like a bee sanctuary. Oh, okay, They're it, trying okay. to multiply more bees. More bees because it helps with pollen it's, and agriculture. It's good for the environment. Environment, was, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I've talked about. I was laughing at the story. Most people don't know the story about me, but it's kind of a funny story because when I saw the bee story, it reminded me. So what happened was, so I was a cop in New York City, which you don't know, I don't know if you mm-hmm. fully knew, but I was NYPD for about four years, and I was, I'm 45 now, I was 22. But long story short, when you're in the police academy, there's a form you fill out, and it says if you have any skill set. It could be like you do like, um, I don't know, that you're good with cars, that you're a mechanic, whatever it may be. So what happens is, I don't know if someone ever took that form and did something with it in general like that where they filled it out you know, you know, on purpose. But one day when I was working as a cop, basically, I get a phone call. They tell me to come back into the station. And they say, hey, Komai, we need you to go down to the Bronx. There's a major beehive mm-hmm. that's taking place at 186 in Union Square or something like that. And we need you to go down, take a car, go down there. I'm like, what are you talking about? That was like a big joke. And they said, look, you're a bee expert, and basically, like, we need you down there. And I thought the, the sergeant was just messing with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, are you talking about regular bees, like bees, like regular bees? Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah. I said, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you're talking about regular bees. And he was very serious. He's like, one police plaza called. They want you down there. They have a bee problem. You're going. And I'm like, listen, I have no clue what you're talking about. So long story short, I would get, I, I said, just tell him I, I'm not a bee expert. I don't <laughs> know bees. So when I saw this, you know, TikTok, it was kind of funny. So what happens yeah. is... They, I started getting other phone calls. They would call and say, Dave, we need you in Queens. You know, basically 180, 186th Street, you know, in Maspeth. There's another B problem. Another sergeant would call me and they didn't know about the other situation. I said, listen, I'm not a B expert. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is... So maybe someone filled out the form when I was a New York City cop based in the academy. They must have filled it out saying like I was like a B expert. B expert, that's funny. So when I saw that, so what I thought was, now I was in a very bad area in Brownsville, Brooklyn as a cop. So I want most cops like they want to get the hell out of basically Brownsville, Brooklyn. Like no one wants to stay where I was a cop at. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go for some bee training. You know, let me go learn about bees, <laughs> right? Like let me go take a class, and then basically maybe one day I'll like start going to these bee jobs. You know, as a, as an NYPD officer, and I'll basically help people, and then maybe I can get the hell out of Brownsville. I was working mm-hmm. in the 7-3 precinct. And I said, um, the joke was that maybe I would work for SWAT and I would be like the B guy and I get like a bumblebee like on my patch <laughs> and I'd be like NYPD emergency services and yeah. they'd call me in, you know? And I actually went out. So one day I went out to uh, Long Island and I went to this class and I must have been exhausted. I was driving and I didn't hear anything. I must have been driving fast. I must have been going like 100, maybe even 105. And I'm driving out. It's like seven in the morning. I'm trying to get to this class 
And I didn't know this, but there was a, in New York City, when you go out to the islands, there's Suffolk County police and other police. A cop was like chasing me for maybe a good 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But because I had the radio going and the air conditioning going because I was just trying to stay awake, I was tired, maybe I worked that night, the night shift. I had no clue that this cop was trying to pull me over for speeding. So all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, I look in my mirror and basically I see a cop. And, and basically I, I was going to this bee class to learn how to basically you know, you know, deal with bees. Anyway, long story short, cop pulls me over. This guy is pissed off. I'm like, look, I'm a New York City police officer. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were behind me. Supposedly they called like a helicopter and they, you know, the guy, I mean, I could have went to jail. They thought like I was like evading. But this was all about bees. So when I saw this story, it brought up my bee situation. But my, my hope was to get out of you know, Brownsville, Brooklyn and become this bee person, bee expert. I never would took it that far. I figured I would go out with a smoker, you know, make believe I know what I'm doing. Anyway, so just it brought up some memories because that was one of my ways of getting out of out of Brooklyn as a cop with the B situation. But anyway, so you have a lot of people that watch the video. They find mm-hmm. it engaging. I don't know how many views were on that particular one, but basically people following following you on different things. Let's. I think you have three, four other videos. Let's play another video. So tell me what this means in English. <laughs> so basically, Bad Bunny came out with a song, and at the end of the song, he sang in Japanese. Okay. And so that same day that the song came out, that is also playing on the relevance thing, I made that video translating what it meant. And I gave him a, a grade or whatever in his Japanese. It was really bad. On the video, I'm just laughing. Internally, I'm like, this is not very good Japanese. But I didn't say that. <laughs> Anyways, that video, I think, I don't know how many. I think it passed like 10 million views, maybe. 10 million views. I mean, you know what's incredible? Like 10 million. It's like, what's 10 million people? Like 10 million views. I mean, is, do you think that it's all over the U.S.? Or do you think it's more Latin America? Like, where do you think 10 million people watching that video? I mean, it's Bad Bunny, a song in Spanish, so probably Latin America. Got it. Yeah. And do you think it's like, the, is it more people that are following you or it's more like the hashtags that you're doing? That basically people... It's because it's relevant. It's relevant. Because it that same day is the day that Bad Bunny released his song. Got it. It's the same day. And so basically people when people on. started messaging me, hey, Bad Bunny uh, has a song and it's in Spanish. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to post this video. I was the only... I was the first person to translate that song. At least on the Latino side, like I'm one of the most uh, reliable people to translate that. Got so it. that video... So relevant, relevance is the key when you're basically on TikTok, staying fresh, new. It is very, new. very, very important. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so anything else with that one in particular? So t- you said 10 million people will watch that. Oh, here's a question for you. When you do these videos, how many seconds or minutes do you limit yourself doing? I don't limit myself. So you just do your thing? It depends on how I feel. Like, I watch and rewatch my own videos, and if I get bored in a piece, I just delete it. Or if I like the whole thing, I just go for it. I know for starting, for people starting in social media, they recommend to do, like, 7 to 12 because uh, usually... 12. Seconds. Because usually people don't talk that fast. I do, and I've been doing it for years now. So every second, I make it interesting or i change or i make people laugh or i skip a beat or i put an image like i'm so used to it so to me 
because I already have my style, I there's no limit. I could do a video for five seconds or I could do a video for three minutes. But now people, I have a very strong fan base, so I'm, I can do what I want. Awesome. And people are going to like it. But if you ask me, as somebody who's starting off, it's usually recommended to make a shorter video because people are not going to pay as much attention because they're not, they don't really know you. So they're like, I might see it, I might not. So how many? So, you, so for a new person, you're saying mm-hmm. how many seconds? Like seven to twelve seconds? Seven to twelve, yeah. Because I know with Facebook Story, you only have fifteen seconds. Mm. So that's why I'm kind of been playing with the whole fifteen seconds of Facebook Story when mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook. And then I think what is it? Instagram on Reels is it a minute? Um, stories are fifteen seconds and Reels are a minute. Yeah. It seems like those are the numbers that people are kind of playing with these days. Um, yeah, because they're they're copying TikTok. Got it. You know, I just noticed the other day, is, so is Facebook, I know Facebook, Instagram, they're all owned together now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, so I noticed that someone was saying that I see Facebook, every day you think something's changing. So there's now, what, Facebook reels that are on Facebook, but you don't really play with Facebook, Yeah, right? no, I used school. to work, I used to work with Facebook. They did, um, uh, what is it called, an app called Lasso. It was a copy of TikTok, and okay. I was working with them, but it failed miserably because it was so identical to tiktok nobody really liked it but that's why they decided to add reels to instagram because people already loved instagram they were like okay if we add another uh, app people are not going to want to download it because they already have tiktok why would they replace it okay let's add reels to instagram and because instagram and facebook are from the same company they're just basically um attracting people towards reels on Facebook, and that's why they post reels on Facebook now. So they're posting reels on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I've noticed that. I just, like I said, every day something's changing new. Quick question for you. So, what are the things that are new that you are implementing that you're using? Like, the, because, like because reels now is on Facebook. You don't mm-hmm. really use Facebook as a platform. Yeah. But you're really just using TikTok. So, what are your yeah. main platforms? You, I mean, your main goal I is mean, TikTok and Instagram. Right now, TikTok is my main platform. Okay. But I just repost everything on reels now so that is how i've been growing on instagram i I didn't use instagram before because i found it boring i found it pictures to me are very boring Mm -hmm. and there was no reason for me to use instagram so that's why it's a smaller account in comparison to tiktok but when they were like okay we're gonna add reels perfect i just started reposting okay and now i'm growing consistently and now they have the same thing on youtube which is shorts which i can basically do the same and that helps me grow so, so basically, YouTube Shorts, mm-hmm. Instagram Reels, and TikTok. But when you do the TikTok, normally you're gonna like cut up your TikTok and bring it over to Instagram Reel, Instagram Reels, and then YouTube Shorts. Am I saying that right? Because mm-hmm. basically, you're making your, you're making your real videos on on TikTok. On TikTok, and then yeah. you're basically just moving that stuff over to. Yeah, I mean, it's important to, to do that. Yeah, just because it's different people use different platforms. It's funny, like I said, for me, I guess because I was always using Facebook. It's mm-hmm. funny because back in the day, it was like MySpace, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, I went to Facebook. It's kind of like where I feel comfortable. And like to go, like some people, like I go to Facebook Messenger before like some people go to Instagram Messenger, right? So everyone's a little bit different. So it's kind of interesting to hear what you're saying. Plus, like I said, every week it changes. Like I, I think it's only a few weeks ago that there's Facebook Reels now. Like all of a sudden, it's been mm-hmm. popping up. I just think there's so much on there in regards to like even when you do like think groups and stuff like that. Let's play another, what, what's the next uh, video that we have basically we could showcase? So these are like some of your top videos. Se dice, ha, jade, ha, ha, ha. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Cepillo se dice, burashi, burashi. Así que, ¿cómo creen que se 
se dice cepillo de dientes? Yo sé. A ver, ¿cómo? Burashiha. Cerca, pero no. Haburashi. Exacto, se dice haburashi. Diente en japonés. So what's going on with this one? So in that I'm basically teaching Japanese with a little bit of humor and acting. I like have some type of personification and I'm just a teacher and a student at the same time. You're just playing like different and roles. And making it funny so that people remember it. Okay. So that they compare like, I'm saying like ha is a tooth, but if you say ha ha is like laughing. So I'm comparing those two, putting them together. And so people remember, oh, ha, like laughing is mm -hmm. tooth. And that's how I like to teach Japanese. It's like with humor, so it sticks. Got it. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife actually speaks Farsi. She's Persian. Mm -hmm. And water is basically up. Like up, like, you know, like mm -hmm. lifting it up. So my little kid, mm -hmm. you know, one day he was three years old, but he probably was two and a half. He's like up, up, up. So I'm thinking he wants to go up like in the oh, air. Okay. And he wants, and he's like pointing to water. I'm like, I'm like telling my wife, like this kid keeps just saying up, up, up. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. And she's like, oh, up means water. I'm like, oh, it's, it's a good thing you notified me like what this means. Like the kid wants water. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it is interesting, these different words, you know, um, with different languages. So basically, um, so you basically role playing again, something that's engaging um, in general. What's an, another video that we basically have uh, that we could play? sus tomates porque sus plantas están dando demasiados frutos y tiene un montón de tomates así que hoy decidí hacer chips de tomates primero vamos a cortar los tomates en rodajitas con un cuchillo muy filoso para hacer rebanadas delgaditas los vamos a poner en una rejilla para hornear le vamos a poner sal y pimienta o si le quieren agregar cualquier otro condimento pues adelante horneamos por dos horas a 275 grados Fahrenheit y quedan medios rojos medios cafés oscuros no están quemados son muy cafés pero quedan crujientes y los más rojitos quedan menos crujientes obviamente pero igual son tan pero tan adictivos hoy sí hoy sí des y mamá yo no so what are you doing here? That's just a random recipe. But that's a long video. I've done two of those because my mom has a, a what is it called, green garden or whatever. She has a lot of plants. Okay. She had an excess amount of tomatoes. Okay. She's like, do something with them. And I was like, sure, I'll make tomato chips. Mind you, that's not very normal to do. <laughs> but I made a long video from harvesting to cooking it to giving it to my mom. And that's why it was so engaging. Like, I think that also passed the 10 million views. Um, <coughs> one, because nobody really makes tomato chips or harvests them, or nobody really knows my mom. <coughs> okay. And the fact that I didn't mm. even show her face makes it intriguing. They're like, who is that? I didn't show that was just her body, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a, a mix of everything. Okay. So, um, by the way, is that tomato chips more of a Mexican thing? Japanese thing or is it just your own thing? It's just my own thing. Got it. Okay, yeah. okay. I did see that when I was uh, before I came here today. What? I was curious. You know, I watched the, the video. tomatoes. <laughs> oh, when you sent me the video. I was curious whether or not, yeah. like, is that a Japanese thing? Is that a Mexican no? It thing? was just a way of getting so rid of uh, tomatoes. You just make tomatoes because they shrink. And yeah, yeah. My mom had like a box of tomatoes. She's like, "What do I do?" She's a, a very skinny woman. Doesn't eat that much. I'm like, "Well, we can make chips." <laughs> They That's were funny. good, by the way. What um, is you seem like in some of the other videos that you cook a bunch. I saw like some big. It was like a pot roast or something. You were yeah, I love cooking. So, you learn how that's to cook? my that's my hobby basically. Cooking, okay. So when TikTok you became to cook, that's good. <laughs> okay. when TikTok became my job, pretty much, I wanted a hobby to distract myself. And since I was young, I love loved cooking. Awesome. But now that I have time, that I'm always at home. Mm -hmm. I started cooking, but at the same time, I can record that and make it a content. So it's like two for one, which Got is it. nice. So who would you learn from cooking from your mom or did your dad cook? or My mom and well, my parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. So when I was very young, yes, from my mom. But afterwards, my dad didn't know how to cook. 
So I made it a goal to be like, okay, I'm a cook. <laughs> and then from that, I, I like develop a liking for cooking. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I saw you like salting this large piece of meat that was like, it was I like love, I, it's so weird, but I love cooking like a lot meat. Of salt. I, no, it's just like to make a glaze, like okay, the, okay. the outside. So it's like brown. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert. Anyways, I love cooking meat for like 12 hours. Eight, I don't know why. <laughs> What's the reason why they have to cook it that long? So it's like softer, like. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. With the salt. It's it just so made a lot of salt when I swear. Can no, it's just it? so, to glaze it. So are you cooking um, anything for Thanksgiving? Are you cooking like a turkey, something like that? <laughs> I wanted to, to do a Friendsgiving. Okay. But all my friends are working, so I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm actually, I want to, family basically is working on Thanksgiving mm. in, in Los Angeles. But I was like, you know, last time I cooked a turkey, the problem was I think my oven wasn't like really working properly. Mm. And I was cooking for a very long time. So I was cooking the turkey for two days, like after Thanksgiving as well. It was just oh, wasn't what? cooking properly. <laughs> so like the day after Thanksgiving, like we're still Dang. eating the turkey. Um, but I wanted to do it this year, basically mm. in Los Angeles. We're going to be visiting some family. But that's great mm. that you can cook and stuff like that. I mean, so you, you find a lot of people like watching you cook on TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. I also do a lot of uh, like Instagram stories while I'm cooking. That's live. That's not edited. And a lot of people love it because they're like, oh, I know what to cook today and stuff like that. Because sometimes I do make very easy recipes, not like 12 hours long recipes. Um, And I love that. Just getting that feedback. How many um, how many comments or emails? I mean, I do. I mean, would you can say a good question. Mm. Do you consider yourself like a celebrity? No, no, no. Do you consider yourself a social? It's weird to say social influencer because you basically enjoy doing this stuff. You think Mm -hmm. it's fun. You're engaging people. It's fun. Something to do. Do you feel like you're a social influencer? Because when I say social influencer, it means that you could influence people yeah. to do certain things. I, I forget I am. Okay. I forget because sometimes I do uh, publish or like make videos that could be very casual, very family friendly, very like uh, with my friends and stuff like that. But I forget whatever I say or do, I am influencing other people until I start getting messages like, why would you say that? Why would you do that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, huh? Like, People are following me and people are copying me and I forget that. And I've I've met influencers that have that very present. You know, they're they present themselves as public figures and this and that. But to me, I forget it. Like I just feel like I'm a regular person making content and posting it. But that's something I truly need to work on. <laughs> Be Got more it. conscious about what I'm doing. So let me ask you this. So if you have 10 million people like view one video, you have 12.9 million followers, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I guess it's a little bit different because a lot of people in Latin America. So let's say we we're in Mexico City right now. Mm-hmm. And you're like, do you, do you feel like if you said whoever comes down to, I'm just making up a street, um, mm-hmm. Avenue de Mexico yeah, in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. If you come down the next three hours, I will give out a free, um, free tacos. I was about to say free turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, free tacos if you come down from 1 to 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. How many people would show up? A lot, for sure. Take a, many. Many. Like, yeah. Take a guess. So if, if you have, I wonder if it's like a percentage. Hundreds, thousands. A hundred thousand people? Hundreds or thousands. Thousands yes, of people would come sure. down. Yeah. Because even if I'm walking like around the street, even if I'm walking around the street, I already get stared at like, and then I get messages like, I saw you, saw you on this street or that. Or I get pictures taken of my back. They're like, is that you? And I'm like, yeah. Or people come by and want to take pictures. Wait, ask me, Mex- are you a TikToker? Yeah, in Mexico, Latin America. In a, um, but not, what about in America? 
it's it's very low like i have found like i was living in in the valley in california where nobody is there but they still recognize me at the grocery store really and that's something i am not comfortable with i prefer to live in the u.s where there i have a much smaller audience than mexico and i mean mexico is not the safest country either way so personally i wouldn't go to mexico city and be like i'll meet you here because i might disappear the next day <laughs> so it's not a good situation <laughs> no as a retired police officer <laughs> disappearing the next day definitely does not sound like a good a safety situation that is why i'm not in mexico <laughs> you know at least we t- okay so let, let's jump a little bit about safety in mexico since yeah. you're, do you find it so i've been in mexico several places i've mm-hmm. gone as a retired cop, honestly, I'm a little bit more, um, you know, I'm more, I've been to enough gang classes and, and, cla- and cla- you know, gang classes or cartel classes that it makes me nervous. And I actually went, I forgot where I went. I went with a previous uh, person that I worked with years ago. We went, we did a bus trip to a certain, I forgot exactly what it was, but it wasn't like the best mm-hmm. area. But I was there during the day. Yeah. I didn't have any problems. I mean, luckily I'm still here, you know. Yeah. But is it safe or is it not safe, do you feel? Because people do get kidnapped. Like in Mexico City, I think City. it's safer for tourists because they bring in the money. But so if you are Mexican, then it's not as safe, um, and even less for women. In Mexico, there's a issue where it's uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but in Spanish, it's feminicidio, which is mass killing of women just because you're a woman. Doesn't matter what you do, if you're a woman, you have much higher risk really? of being murdered. Yes. So do you? So are you nervous when you go back to Mexico? Yes, I don't like going to Mexico. If I'm alone, I would prefer not to go. Do you have a bodyguard that you go there? My family, as long as I'm accompanied with either my dad, male uncles, male cousins, male friends. It's funny because I was in the Philippines and I actually had a bodyguard. Mm. I was dating someone that was Filipino at the time, and we had a bodyguard. And it was funny because they were talking Tagalog back and forth, mm-hmm. and we were going up to the country. And I said I was trying to ask like, what happens if something happened? I was kind of nervous in the Philippines. And I said, what happens if something happens and he shoots somebody? So I'm asking, like, what should I do, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going back and forth in Tagalog. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and so I asked to go. And she wouldn't answer. I go, what should I do? So she says, run. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I thought, like, go to the embassy, you know, go do something. She basically is telling me I should run. Like, if, she, if he yeah. shoots and kills somebody to protect me, that I should basically just run. I'm like, where is he going? You know, and, and Tagalog go back and forth. Like, he's running too. Like, so basically, I mean, not that it was a, I, I was waiting for like a more of like a, a law enforcement, you know, like, okay, you go to the embassy, you let them know you're involved in a shooting. Yeah. You know, they were trying to be kidnapped or something like that. It does make me nervous. When, like I said, in Mexico City, and it, I think there was a movie, uh, Denzel Washington, you know, uh, where they kidnapped one of the, like a rich kid. I forgot the name of the movie. I don't know. And uh, long story short, so it does make me nervous in general. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not saying Mexico is a, like, Mexico is beautiful. It has a lot of touristy places. Uh, the culture, the food is beautiful. I'm yeah, not saying it's, awesome. it's bad countries, just not as safe for women. And if you're going as a woman, it's like you have to have to be careful, you know. And I'll share with you one thing to say because I don't like to be negative about Mexico. Whether you're in Las Vegas, where I'm here 20 years mm-hmm. in February, or even in New York City, there's certain areas that are dangerous areas. Whether mm-hmm. you're a woman, man, I agree with you. I mean, where I worked as a police officer in Brooklyn, 99% of the people are very good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1% exactly. is shooting, killing each other, exactly. selling drugs, right? So yeah. if you walked in that area at 3 o'clock in the morning, you could be kidnapped and killed as well. Yeah. So whether you're in Mexico or Brownsville, Brooklyn, or in Queens, New York, or in Las Vegas, like I said, I just came here. There was 15 police cars yeah. you know, going eastbound on Cheyenne. Something major was going on. We'll find out later. But it's rare to see 15 police cars. Like I said, the shooting in Mandalay Bay and... In October 1st. I mean, things happen everywhere, but yeah. I am a little bit more nervous. And sometimes it's just the TV. It's the media, right? Mm-hmm. They say, oh, you shouldn't go here. You shouldn't go to this country. You shouldn't go here, you know? 
But definitely, you got to be careful. You got to watch your surroundings, no matter mm-hmm. where you are, whether you're in exactly. Mexico or whether you're here in general. So your safety comes number one. But I will say, I mean, as if you're becoming so popular when you go back to Mexico, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you still have to be probably even more careful. People get to know who you are. And there's a lot of crazy people that are out there too, right? It's not even about <laughs> Mexican gang members. It's really about yeah, cra- I mean, crazy like you people. Said, like you say, 90% of the people are very nice. Mexican people are very warm. That's what I love mm-hmm. about the culture. But the small percentage that isn't is like, that's who you have to be careful of. Got it. And you're right. Like the more you're known, the more you have to be aware of your surroundings because you're posting on social media. People are like, oh, on your story, you were wearing this. And in person, this girl is wearing the same thing. That must be her. So it's easier to find people. Um, and that's what I tell a lot of my friends that are in Mexico. I'm like, okay, you're posting this, but just don't post that much information of yourself because you Got could it. be on the street and people, if you could find that 1% that's, you know, has bad intentions. Exactly. And yeah, it can turn out good. So The bottom line is no matter where you're going to watch the surroundings. For sure. So back to the question in regards to like, I'm intrigued about social influencing, about like the tacos, right? So you're in yeah. Mexico, you tell people to come down for free tacos and mm-hmm. you're going to be there. So take a guess. Would you say 1,000 people, 5,000, what, what, what would be the number that you you think that would show up? I would say 1,000. 1,000 yeah. people would show up. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is that someone that left a comment before, you could actually influence 1,000 people to come to a location to buy product or use service, mm-hmm. which re- it's kind of in some regards, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like a magical power if you think about it, right? Like <laughs> I can't, I can't get a thousand people. I'm lucky I get, you know, five people, right? But uh-huh. actually, you do a party with free drinks and food. I get like sixty-five people, and I invited three thousand people, right? So you actually, it's kind of like a special power for the fact that you're socially influencing people like you. People uh-huh. find you entertaining, or they like you, or they like your character, they think you're funny. Yeah. But you basically can influence in in many different ways, right? You can influence where people buy product, or even for fundraising, or for basically helping people in society, right? Like if you like. You know, one thing that I always find, I think I asked this question, I think that a lot of people need to always have a nonprofit component. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always helping people as a retired cop. It's like what I do. But I guess my question to you is, since you have, in some regards, you have this, we'll call it a TikTok magical power. That's a good <laughs> one. I just came up with that today. I got to brand that one. TikTok magical power where you can influence people to do good, right? Mm-hmm. What would that goodness be? Like, what would you tell the, the people that are going to watch this video? We're going to make some clips out of this. Yeah. What would you want people, your audience to do? We got the holiday season coming up. What would you want your followers to do if you could influence them to do something of good? What would it be? Is this something that to your heart, like, is it, um, you know? I mean, I think the main message of my channel has always been accepting people. I think that's the main thing. Yes, of course, I could uh, right now choose a charity or something. But to be honest, it's more about race, more about appearance. I've always um, tried to push that, at least in Mexico, right? Because they're still very reserved about if you're Asian, you eat dog. If you're Asian, you have COVID. If you're Asian, you're dumb. And when I started social media, I wanted to break that. I was like, I am Mexican and people wouldn't believe me. They're like, no, you're still Chinese. You don't know. You don't know anything. But as I started to make content, as they hear me speak, they're like, you sound Mexican. When they meet me, they're like, oh, you're actually Mexican. But because I don't look like it, you know, people get confused. But now that I have such a presence, I've seen more and more Asian Latinos become popular. There's so many Korean Mexicans, Korean Venezuelan, uh, Peruvian, okay. Chinese. So that's to me is the most important. So thing. you like the fact that people are being free spirited, like you want people to be who they are. That's your message. More accepting, 
So you want people to be more racist, acceptable. Okay. Less xenophobic because that is a big issue. Got it. If you look Asian, like I said, you eat dog. And that is just not okay. So basically, yeah. we're, uh, so you're more for that you want people to be more acceptable to different cultures, yes. races, and religions. Open to that. Yes, Open to of that. course. And they shouldn't be discriminatory or biased. Yes. Okay. And you feel that you're basically preaching different messages or opening up the cultures. I mean, they always say I think that- I'm more, more of normalizing it. Okay. So that people remember, oh, Fresa Hapomex, she looks Asian, but she's also Mexican. Okay. And that is something that at least 12.9 million know. And if they meet me, they know I'm Mexican. And if they see another, mm-hmm. at least on my socials, I'm like, if you see another Asian, don't assume that they're Chinese and that they eat dog. Got it. Like, that, I got, you, like, I got a lot of hate from that. And when COVID started, it was even worse. They would tell me uh, to kill myself because I brought COVID. I'm like, I'm not even Chinese. I'm Japanese and it has nothing to do with it. But it's because of these mentality. Um, this mentality they have. Got yes. It. So basically, you know, by the way, this, I'm sure there's different. I, I actually want to look it up. There's different nonprofits that probably, you know, right. Like, I think even there's anti-league, you know, uh, for like discrimination or defamation and stuff like that. There are different nonprofits out there. But the bottom line is, is that you're trying to influence people to basically like be nice to others, even, you know, no matter yes. what your culture is, what your background is. Yes. So okay, basically so during COVID, did you, did you feel like in America that you actually had a lot of discrimination? Because no, not in America. Mexico, Latin America. And Mexico. That's a, that's a thing that's been frustrating because in, in the U.S., you know, you had Black Lives Matter. Um, you have this voice, and even though a lot of Americans do complain that a lot of things are wrong with this country, you look at other countries, we're far worse, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I live in the U.S. and I'm like, okay, they have this movement, and I wish there was that in Mexico, but it's almost non-existent. So it's like, okay, I am doing this. For yes, for, for Asians, at least for my case, you know? And more specifically because it was during the time of COVID. So I would get a lot of hate from that. So when you so would walk around in Mexico, were people like saying I, stuff well, to you? I didn't go to Mexico. Oh. It was COVID. So it was closed. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, but in that aspect, I did feel, felt, feel alone because it was not a thing. Okay. You know, it was a thing here in the U.S. There was also more recently um, some movement for Asians because they were also experiencing either... Stop Asians Asian with, hate. Yes, exactly. Stop Asian hate. Hashtag stop so Asian it's like, hate. it's living here in the US. I'm like, I wish this existed in Mexico as well, you know, but I, there wasn't any of that. Got it. Interesting. Um, yeah, I know even in New York City, I've seeing these random videos of people basically like punching Asian people basically exactly, in the streets. Yeah. New York basically is out of hand since this mayor, this is my personal opinion. But that mayor, is, basically. I think that is, to me, I see it like that is good so people see it and they're like this is happening in my country that's a real thing and people get mad about it in the u.s and they're like oh the u.s is so bad because this has happened no it's good that people are seeing it so that they stop it they do something about it but that is also happening in other other countries and nobody's doing anything about it so just to recap so the bottom line is that you would like to stop discrimination and and what am i saying xenophobia yes got it and then be uh, basically of of more asian or anyways, 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 I'm just talking about Asian because I'm Asian. <laughs> got it, got it. Right? And, you, and so basically, well, while COVID was taking place, you got a lot of hate, hate mm-hmm. messages and stuff. Yeah. How many emails or, or do you get more messages or comments on the TikTok stuff? Like, how are people communicating with you the most? 
Well, it's comments, personal messages on Instagram, sometimes they, emails. They, emails on there too. they find every way to get to you? every way. Yeah. Sometimes mess sometimes text. I don't know how they get my number, but sometimes they call me and I'm like, what the <laughs> you know So I noticed that your email is on here yeah. with the hotmail. Uh -huh. So how many emails do you get a day? I don't know. I don't count them, but because I, I, I just go on and delete, 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 delete. Are you getting like a hundred emails a day? No, not that many. Fifty? No, probably like twenty. Still a lot. All right. So bottom line is, is that um, you know I, I'm sorry about the situation. Look, it's hard. Look at a lot of races and religions. Whether you're Jewish, you're black, you're white, you're tall, you're skinny, right? I mean, there's always discrimination. I think it's always going to exist, you know. But the bottom line is, of course, I would, I de we would definitely together, if we could do something to influence, is to basically stop this type of behavior, especially during COVID right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's hard on the Asian population, but people are really discriminative and, and negative about what's going on in general. So it's kind of a sad situation. But bottom line is, is that you definitely have a, a unique and special power, which I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying to you because I think that you have a lot of people following you that you can do a lot of stuff with that. You know, people follow mm -hmm. you. And even though there's going to be some haters out there, you actually can make a difference in different ways. Yeah, I know? mean, from that I learned that a lot of people don't know about Asian communities in Latin America. So simply started educating, and I would tell my friends who were maybe from China or Korea to start talking more about their culture. Got it. Where that, I also would educate a little bit of why people thought so negatively about Asians. And I would talk about history. They would bring in slaves from Asia to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And from that, they would think of them as lower. And that has dragged on to now. But people aren't talking about that. You don't get taught about that part of history in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I would talk about that. And I would take it more of a uh, not pr productive, like positive approach. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, if people are hating on me, it's because they don't know. And if they don't know, I'm going to educate. And that's been my goal. What do you, where do you see yourself uh, five years from now, ten years from now? What, you know, know what you're doing right now. What, where would you like to see yourself five years from now? Um, I would say outside of social media. Not, not involved in social media? No, I want to have my own business. I, if, like, in, I think last year I've tried to make, like, an online account like selling stuff but i've realized over. that to me that is not fulfilling i want to have a business that uh helps the planet helps the environment i am like for example if i'm gonna have a clothing line mm -hmm. that it's recycled or that part of it is donated to some organization like that i want i like that um but i do want to have multiple different businesses because i've seen people have different businesses but that's what i'm striving to have in the future got it mm -hmm. you know it seems like a lot of people that i, that I noticed that everyone goes into like even like disneyland i was at disney last week mm -hmm. everything's merchandising that's where the money's to be made and then when you make the money you can do whatever you want to do basically mm -hmm. and if you want to do the good things with it a percentages can go back to recycling or whatever it may be but it seems like do you have any merchandising now like do you have shirts and things? no i wouldn't want to i don't i do not want any merch I think it's just so empty. I'm like, why would anybody want to have my name? It's, it's pointless to me. I want something that is beneficial for people. But if they really people. like you. Yeah, but it's not beneficial for the planet or for that person. It's just a thing that they have of me. Well, technically, the proceeds, can, like the proceeds can go back to helping a nonprofit that you, of your choice. Yeah, or? I would make it if it was like recycled cotton or reused I'm sure they have or that. something like that. I mean, everything's recycled these days. But I, this whole I, building's recycled I, there. I can't. This I table's don't, recycled. I, would, I don't like seeing a person. Like, I cannot imagine a person wearing my face. I'm like, I don't like you. No. Well, I would create a brand for it. sure. 
with some I, random name. I will share with you. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with the merchandising aspect. I actually think if people really like you, they took a liking to you, and they have merchandising, they're supporting you and your cause. And maybe your cause is basically stopping hate, right? Like maybe your message, mm. maybe you need shirts that say, stop hating, uh, stop the hate. You know what I'm saying, or you know, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm just, I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing. It yeah, all. no, there's so much. I going. know a lot of people tell me this. I'm like, no, it's not my thing. I'll figure it out, but it's not gonna be in that the way. Merchandising? Yeah, no. So there, there goes my whole clothing Dang. line for you. I had like <laughs> no. everything set up: underwear, clothes, <laughs> no. g-strings, you know, mail, no, mask, no, no. everything. You know, um, we we could be selling the beat, the whole beat kit. It could be a Sonia <laughs> Mayu beat kit. You know, for forty nine ninety five, and then no, for example, the money goes to back be, to helping the bees. It'd be cool to we make a, an event. You buy a ticket, and it gets donated to saving the bees. That I'd be fine. I like with. that. So you should be, like this video. You should be selling a bee kit with a bee company. <laughs> All money goes back to the pollen and the plants. In, yeah. In. Well, this is Colombia, but we could do it in Colombia. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you can come up with some unique stuff. Something fun like stuff. that, yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just sharing what I know. I mean, whatever, yeah. whatever that may be. Um, I, I watch a few different, uh, you know, YouTube uh, channels. But um, here's a question for you. All right. So five years from now, basically, you don't see yourself basically on TikTok, mm -hmm. which is funny. Five years from now, I'll probably be at 30 million followers, and you'll probably come back five years from now and say, "Oh yeah, I'm still trying to get out of it." Um, what about ten years? If ten years from now. Ten years from now, if I have a lot of businesses established per se, let's say, you know, I would probably just have my own family. And Got just it. All right. So, I mean, we'll see what the future basically entails. Here's yeah. a question for you in general. Um, so, I'm very big as a retired cop. We talked about safety and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Vegas is very big right now for accidents, right? There's a lot of car accidents. People get injured. How does it work? Just real quickly. If you're, I like to compare, actually, Mexico, Japan, and America <laughs> How it works. So if I was driving, uh -huh. you're in front, I rear end you, I get into an accident. If I'm in Mexico, how does that go down? Like, does someone call the police? They, they might the just work? run away. So if we're in Mexico, I yeah. hit your car, I probably will just drive away. Yeah, probably. And then Most you, likely. Will you try and to even, get like a license plate number? Or like, no, even if you call the police or file no something, they're not going to. They're going to be like, oh, nice. Okay, I'm going to get a coffee. <laughs> you know? They don't really do anything. So the goal is not to get rear-ended in Mexico, <laughs> is what we learned well, today. Well, if you've driven in Mexico, the they drive pretty crazy. So you so have gonna to just, know how to take move off. around. Yes. Okay. Now, we're in Japan. Mm -hmm. You get rear-ended. You're in the car. Wow, I got into an accident. What happens in Japan? They're going to be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but here, my play, everything. They'll give you all the information. They give you money? They give you money For right there? For sure. Like, <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> sorry, it's the so opposite. So basically, they're going to apologize. Mm -hmm. They're going to turn themselves in, like, for sure. All right. So, basically, they're going to be more compliant there because mm -hmm. they, like, respect the law and they'll feel bad. A bunch of yeah. konnichiwa. You know, um, <laughs> konnichiwa. And, uh, I'm saying I'm sorry. And yes. they'll say, komaya-san, konnichiwa. Sorry, yeah. sorry-san. Um, so, long story short, I took Japanese in school like mm. I, for, like, five days and then I had to withdraw <laughs> after I was clueless yeah. in college. So, all right. So, that in America, how does it work for you here? Have you ever gotten into an accident? Uh, it's actually an interesting question. I might have, but I don't remember because I. It's so been what do you a think you should? Time. What do you think you should do here in America if you got into an accident? Well, I'm asking a lot of people this question. and like exchange uh, contact and uh, take okay. picture of the license plate or something like. So you that. don't go on like do like a TikTok video like here I'm over here I just got into an accident. I'm uh, joking with that. Since you're a TikTok sensation, yeah. I figured you say I'm gonna go on TikTok right now. I'm gonna record it. Nah. It's a live post. <laughs> So basically, you would take the information, right? Uh -huh. Okay. I'm just curious. I thought it was an interesting question because there have been a lot of accidents. But yes, I do agree with you. Uh, you know, basically, you're supposed to, you never, it's funny, like in, in Japan, basically, they probably would say, I'm sorry. Like here, mm -hmm. you're never really supposed to like, even though you want to say you're sorry, it's basically like you're admitting guilt. 
right? Mm. So a lot of people will call the insurance company like, oh yeah, they said they were sorry. You know, that was their fault. <laughs> you know, and you know, in general. So yeah, I mean, basically, you're supposed to take information, driver's license information, and basically take a video, kind of like your videos here on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Take a video of the car, of the incident, the location. Like you really need to actually become like a little bit of a videographer when you get into an accident scene in America, because the next day they're gonna be like, oh, it's her fault. She did this. She did that. Right? Or I'm injured. You know. So these days, video is actually really key when you get into an accident. Mm. And basically, then notifying insurance company, but you also need to call the police. So, like in Mexico, right? Police aren't coming. In Japan, the, the police will come. Probably, yeah. Probably in a come. Second, yeah. In a second, yeah. Quick, they're quick. Yeah. And then in America, I, I think in Vegas, it just takes a little too long. Depends what city you're in. Technically, I'm not sure if you know, right? Mm. There's Henderson, it's a different city. Mm-hmm. North Las Vegas and Vegas. Vegas is very busy. Um, in Henderson, I think they'll respond a little bit quicker. It's a more smaller city. And I was a cop in Henderson, so I noticed the response times quicker. But long story short, you always really in America want to get the police to come because you want them to document the, the accident and who's at fault. And there's mm. something called V1 and V2, which is the vehicle one and vehicle two. If you're V1, it's you're, you're at fault. You never really want to be V1 because then they go after your insurance and so on. So you mm. always technically want to be V2. But the next day, everything changes in America, I feel like. They're always like, even though they'll apologize in America, mm-hmm. right? They'll say it's my fault. Mm-hmm. The next day, it's our fault. <laughs> it's Sonia's fault. She did it. She rear-ended me. She's at fault. She told me she apologized. She's at fault, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I was just curious because you, you brought up Mexico and Japan that things are so different culturally, especially with dealing with the police and safety in general. So I think we have, we did all the videos, right? There was any other videos left? Okay. Um, I think we basically covered the videos. One question that came in basically um, that basically we have, and I think we watched a bunch of videos. The bottom line is, look, you're, you're a very sweet person. You're basically being funny. You're engaging whether you're dressing up or you're cooking or you're with family, I think it's very engaging. I don't even understand it, but it's still engaging <laughs> in Spanish. But yeah. even if you're in different outfits or just kind of playing, having fun for whatever it may be. Someone basically asked as a message here, they asked how do you organize, which I think I asked the question before, but they were asking here, um, how do you organize all these uh, videos? What's the question that basically came up here? It said, it says, how do you organize your time to make so many videos? By Nicole. Are you, and I guess the question is, are you doing three videos a day? What's, um, your, what's your standard? Well, usually if I'm settled in, because I've been moving around, but if I'm settled in, I try to make five videos a day. And five I take videos a day. like an hour to make, to like edit it. To record a video is very quick. It's just that editing is uh, the one that takes the longest time and is the most painstaking because it's like, yeah. But it takes my whole day, usually. The whole day to edit. Oh, the whole day to do the five Pretty videos? Pretty much, yeah, because I have time to eat, to cook, you know, and to take a shower, to get ready. And those five hours, obviously, I don't go back to back to back. I get like one hour, make a video, post, and then I amazing. take a little break, another one, da, da, da. So I go for five. I've never, I don't think I've ever made more than five in a day. But yeah, I range from three to five, depending on how, how I am on time, if I have meetings or whatever. Got it. Okay. So, um... All right, so I, bottom line is this. Um, I know we're going to be wrapping up in a minute or two, but I want to just kind of recap. So as the problem solver, as a retired copy, I'm always trying to help people solve problems. And by you having, you know, so by you being here today, I really appreciate it. Kind of interesting in many different aspects of things that you're talking about because, look, people that want to basically be on social media or TikTok, you basically, you educated people what to do. And it's not easy, right? It's a mm-hmm. full-time job. I mean, you're basically mm-hmm. saying you spent all day, you're making five videos. Yeah, and it's stressful, right? You got to come up with like, content. Yeah, a lot of people think it's like a one-minute video. Oh, so quick. But I, but when they actually start making the videos, they're like, "Oh my god, it's such a lot of work." I'm like, "Yes, it's it's a job. It doesn't seem like it because it it looks fun, 
but it's there's a lot of processing like thinking about the video editing posting what are you going to caption is it going to be good if it's not going to be good then you take it down you delete it you redo it at least that's what i do mm -hmm. you know so it's like no it's yeah, a lot of work i'm actually stressed out just hearing your story right now i gotta, <laughs> I gotta go home like on, on the board you know <laughs> Uh, it's bad yeah. enough that I'm just taking like my camera, you know. I got these guys telling me like I gotta just like, hey everybody, my name's Dave Colmar, right? You know, uh -huh. no. I mean, the bottom line is you're going more detail. You're actually kind of like a choreographer, right? In some uh, regards, uh -huh. even though you're trying to be natural and organic, mm -hmm. you're basically really. I mean, it's work in general. So, the bottom line is is that it's no joke. But basically, again, the biggest thing is also one of the messages I think that we'll leave here for today is that we want people to basically stop hating in regards to like whether it's race and religion. Um, I think that's a big thing that you bring up that's close to your heart because basically mm -hmm. you are basically Mexican and Japanese and people are basically at this time not so nice in general. So I think for the holiday mm -hmm. season, uh, we need to start basically being nicer to others wherever you are basically yes. in the world, right? Yes. So I actually did a little bit of a, I think we're going into Thanksgiving in America. Mm -hmm. I think we need to pay it forward, be nice to others, be considerate, don't be discriminatory. Everyone comes from a different place, different race, religion. Believe it or not, actually my accent, I'm here 20 years, people are very discriminatory with my accent being from New York and the East Coast. Accent. They, uh, accent. Yeah. They feel very, like it's very slang, very kind mm. of roar, you know, our mannerism with our hands that we're from New York City and um, people are negative. I think it's cool. <laughs> you know, women or my wife like uh -huh. it, but basically, it's how they talk in some movies and. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, when you work with other people, they feel it's a little too raw. Oh, like when okay. I first came out here, someone said you should like, why don't you speak like a normal person? I'm like, how does a normal? And when I'm in New York, everyone seems normal because they talk like me. Yeah. But out here, basically, people were saying that I should learn how to get rid of my accent and not mm. sound like a New Yorker. That it's too raw. Now, when I was a cop in the street, it was actually pretty good because most people would know, oh, he's not from around here. Like, I better listen to the guy. <laughs> so most of the times, if I would speak up or like what yeah. we call verbal judo. You know, saying, hey, freeze, don't move, you know. Mm. Um, people would listen to you more because I was from New York and, mm. you know, my voice uh, basically was a little bit different than others out here. So it worked for me. But mm -hmm. but anyway, so we, we basically, for the holiday season, we want people to stop hating. We want basically to be nice, good people, whether you're in Mexico, Japan, or America. Yes. If not, you're going to find them. You're going to make sure you're going <laughs> to slap their or butt. Or just rethink things you say maybe. It's just out of, you know, uh, hearing things and just repeating them. Got it. So uh, the bottom line is, if anything, we could social influence 12.9 million followers is to be nice <laughs> to one another, yes. stop being negative, and being good people, especially yes. the holiday season. Everyone's got to basically work together. We're, we're on planet all human Earth. in the end. We're all human, basically. You know, we're lucky every day we wake up and we're breathing. Is there any message that you want to share, you know, to your followers? I'm sure a lot of them also understand English. Mm -hmm. And I know that you'll basically, you know, cut this up a little bit and, and do some Spanish um, translation. Anything that you want to share to your followers... Do we want to influence them today right now? Do we want to, you know, have them go out and um, hug somebody or something like that, you know? Um, Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, I don't know. I can't come up with anything So right basically now. just to pay, maybe pay it forward, be nice. Yes. Hug sure. somebody you love. <laughs> yes, that'd be nice. And, um, you know, actually today when I made a video a little bit, I was saying that it's the holiday season, that if you see someone that basically is homeless, don't judge them and basically, you know, don't give them some money to pay it forward. It's the holiday season. You know, a lot of times people think they're doing drugs or alcohol and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You never know. The truth is, you know, in some regards, sometimes you're lucky that you're not on the other side, you know, mm -hmm. begging for money in general. And out here, I'm not sure if you even know this, but in, in Las Vegas, there's a number 211, which is United Way. And you can call that number from your cell phone or landline and you can get social services. Like you could find the place to stay if you're homeless, if mm -hmm. you need food, you need diapers, you need wash your ID. There's a lot of social services. So you can call like 911. There's 311, which is not emergency. There's 211, which is United Way, that helps people to social services. That's just in Vegas? 
You know, in different states there, I don't know what the number is in every state. I don't know if a 2 on one basically made it to all the states, which is a great question. But mm-hmm. in Vegas, you can call 2 on one and basically you could say, like, look, I'm homeless. I have no place to stay. Where should I go? And they'll give you some locations. Oh, that's good or to know. Or they'll transfer you yeah. to somebody. So, um, you know, sometimes it's hard if you have an addiction. You don't want to really mm-hmm. help. You want to be on the street. But I always feel bad. I'm always trying to basically help homeless and, and basically getting them off the street. But anyway, Sonia, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um Thank you for having me. And uh, <laughs> you know, I know you probably think like, what, what am I going to do on the problem solver show? But you know, <laughs> the bottom line is, I'm trying to solve problems and help people in general. I think you shared a lot of information for people to take, and everyone's different. And I'm actually looking forward to maybe you know making some little videos that we can basically share with other people, yeah. and basically ma- and, and and influence people for good to make yeah. some changes. I mean, hopefully it was helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was great. So, yeah. anything else uh, that you want to share? That's basically it. Be careful in Mexico. Be careful in Japan. Be careful in America. <laughs> Watch your back. Stay safe for the holidays. Drive yes. slowly. Anything else? Is there any like Mexican Japanese things that we should like add? You want to say anything in, Me- in Mexican? Spanish? Wait, where in, when are we gonna have another episode where we uh, speak Spanish? Yes, I want to do that. Actually, Esmeralda Esma, okay, uh, is uh, is a lovely person, and uh, she's what I want to call the problem solver in Spanish. Okay, and she's a beautiful Mexican woman who basically uh, I like for her to interview you in Spanish. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and maybe yeah. the next time you come back, and maybe it'll be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see basically, you know, how that, I'm sure that show will be totally different too. Mm-hmm. She's, she's kind of like me. She's very well spoken. So yeah. we definitely would do that again. Are cool. you, I know you're coming back and forth and you're, you know, is there, well, we'll set something up. Yeah, right now I don't have anything planned except this weekend I'm going to SD, but. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Again, I am David Kohlmeyer, the problem solver, retired police officer, helping people every single week. If you got a problem, like to solve it, any problem that's small, big, whatever it may be, uh, you can call and text me. I'm available 24-7. I can be reached at 702-400-7474. Again, 702-400-7474. If you have a legal problem, legal issue, we have the Las Vegas Legal Network helping people uh, at 1-844-LAWYERS. If you're Spanish-speaking, like Sonia, we have 1-855-ABOGADOS. Um, so any type of help that you need for legal, we do have a network of helping people. And then any problem that I could help or share or refer you to, um, I like to be very resourceful. So again, I am David Colmeyer, the problem solver. Be careful, stay safe, and be nice to others, and have a great week. 